It was during a lockdown tidying spree that Stephen Fry reacquainted himself with his substantial tie collection. It will come as no surprise that a man who had over 40 ties by the age of 15 now had a collection in the hundreds. What was surprising was how easily the memories associated with those ties came back to him. And so, after sharing some of the stories on Instagram, we now have a gorgeous book version, Fry's Ties. And to celebrate it, I took a walk with Stephen along German Street, home to both him and Waterstones, and a series of men's outfitters whose history is inextricably tied to this most individual piece of clothing. So Stephen, we are walking down German streets. Yes. Uh, a street I've seen you walk down many a time. <laughs> um, I've been working on this street for, I think, about four and a half years now, and I still feel a little bit too scruffy to walk down <laughs> it or go into any of the shops. But why is German Street so important, not only to you, but I think to the idea of Fry's ties? Well, over, over the years, over the century and a half, really, German Street became the St. James's heart of gentleman outfitting, uh, particularly accessories. The, the suits, as we probably know, were made in Savile Row, which is the other side of Piccadilly. But here uh, in the, the south of Piccadilly, as it were, the St. James's area, there are tie shops and shoe shops, and there used to be tobacconists too. All the things that were associated with the gentleman <laughs> and barbers, shops, uh, trumpers and tailors of Bond Street, they all have uh, little uh, salons, I don't think you call them salons in gentlemen's hairdressing, but uh, whatever you call them, they're here. Um, and I, when I first was lucky enough to, you know, have extra cash because of doing voiceovers or something like that, I always wanted to treat myself to a shirt or a tie and this was the place I would come and I started to just notice the differences between the different, I call them the ampersands because there are so many uh, shops here, Harvey and Hudson, Hilditch and Key, Turnbull and Asser, Halls and Curtis, Crockett and Jones, all the, whoa, and Mason, and a lot of, bit of traffic comes through sometimes, as you can hear, burning up St. James's. So yes, all these, um, all these ands, all these ampersands, um, and they all have a slightly different vibe, a slightly different customer profile perhaps. In fact, where we're walking now at the end of the Piccadilly Arcade, uh, there's New and Lingwood, which is a fine one. They make the most exquisite um, dressing gowns you have ever seen. They are staggeringly expensive, but they are handmade. And they're so beautiful. They're, you, you, you're probably mostly likely to see them in a movie because they'll dress up, you know, a Sherlock Holmes or yeah. something like that. Some, some, they, they, I mean, you can see them there. We're looking at these wonderful swirl color and amazing silk creations. They are absolutely they remarkable are objects. The colors are. They look like, yeah. that, that one looks like it should be in the production of a car. It does, doesn't it? That's yeah. very much the, the Japanese style there. I mean, amazing. And then on the other side, they have the, the, the more normal department of scarves and braces and shirts and ties and so on. Um, and in between, looking up Piccadilly Arcade, is the statue of Beau Brummel, the great George Brummel, who was the arbiter of taste in the early 19th century, the period known as the Regency, a friend of the Prince Regent. And actually, just all the way up the end of German Street, St. James's Street, was Brooks's Club, which was the club for the Whigs. The Prince Regent was a member, Brummel was a member, uh, White was the 
the club for the Tories, uh, you know, William Pitt and his cronies. But the, the classier act were the Whigs at the time, um, Fox and, and, and so on, and Brummel and the Prince, Prinny. And it was at Brooks's when they had a spectacular falling out. Um, they hadn't been speaking for a couple of weeks. Brummel went to Brooks's club and someone came in with the Prince Regent and, and Brummel said to this other person, referring to the Prince Regent, who is your fat friend? <laughs> and that comment, who is your fat friend, sealed his fate. Yeah. He was exiled from society and he died in miserable penury in France some years later. So, uh, you know, there's all this history underneath German Street. If you just look for it and feel it, it's all there. And so from Beau Brummel and the Prince Regent, we're on our way now to perhaps the grandest uh, of the uh, tie and shirt makers, um, Turnbull and Asser. And they have an extraordinary clientele list, uh, perhaps the most notable of whom was Winston Churchill. And we'll see evidence, if we're lucky, in the shop of Churchill's patronage of Messrs Turnbull and Asser. Let's uh, cross the road and try not to get run over by a motorcyclist this <laughs> yes. time. We can go into Turnbull and Asser. Yeah, absolutely. There is the unfortunate problem of the red trouser, which <laughs> is a flag for many, uh, a step too far. And there's a sort of living in the home counties at the weekends kind of person who wears red trousers, who earns contempt. There are websites, if you look, uh, which chronicle the wearing of red trousers. Well, I, I, I remember a very famous one. I'm not sure if it's still going, which I think is still called Look at My Fucking Red Trousers. Which <laughs> yes, is, that's Rather <laughs> sums up the attitude that some people yeah. have, the non-red trousers. But isn't it interesting, is if you told someone who was absolutely unaware that this was a thing, yeah. they would go, well, why red? Why not yellow? Why not, yeah. you know, what is it about red trousers? And it's quite hard to explain. But there is a type of person who favours them. And I have to confess, I once made that mistake. I, I had lost a lot of weight and I found an old pair of red trousers I must have bought when I was a teenager or something. Yeah. And they actually fit me. <laughs> So I wore them when I was making a documentary about Richard Wagner. And there was a day we went to visit Neuschwanstein, the amazing castle that Prince Ludwig built in Bavaria, uh, the fairy tale castle, all Wagnerian themes inside. And uh, I did pieces to camera in these red trousers. And once it was broadcast, some, I was very quickly alerted <laughs> to the fact that I'd made it to this look at these fucking red trousers site. And I was. Uh, yeah, basically busted. So since then, I've never worn red trousers. Wow. That just shows what a coward I am. <laughs> if I had any self-respect, I would have doubled down and worn nothing but red exactly. trousers. Five days a week. <laughs> That's what, in a sense, brings me to the ties, because they're a little part of one's dress where one is allowed to be very colourful yeah. without uh, attracting too much opprobrium. Whereas if you did the same with trousers, you'd be making a hell of a statement. And that's the beauty of the tide. It's yeah. a little corner of the garden yeah. where you can grow your flowers. And here we are. And this is, this is the glory of this kind of shop. It's both like a sweet shop with all the colors of socks laid out on shelves, ties, cravats, all the different colorways, beautifully laid out and fabulous wood, amazing wood and brass. So a feeling of restful gentleman's club to yeah. some extent um, and those those marvellous shallow drawers that you only get in a proper 
gentlemen's outfitters. So the whole atmosphere, we're just saying what a marvellous atmosphere it is here. I'm mic'd, as you can see, because we're doing our podcast for Waterstone. So, so careful yeah. with your language. For yes, heaven, I know what you're I'll, like. I'll, I'll, try and, I'll try and, you know, restrain myself. But um, you must be very proud to work here because I was saying, and I don't think it's an exaggeration, that Terma the Nassau is probably the leading uh, of what I call the ampersands, you know, the Halls and Curtis, Hilditch and yes, Key and so yeah, on. Yeah. You, you, you do have perhaps the most storied history. I, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you would think I would say that, but I do genuinely yeah. think so. I yeah. think it's... It's so genuine, Turnbull and Asser. It's not one where you scratch the surface and you find something else. It's like it's its core is yeah. sort of quality, colour, the craftsmanship. You know, just, yeah. it's got so many stories or, 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 as well. Where possible, always made made in England, made in Britain. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, our, you know, the corner, our foundations of the shirt and the tie. Yeah. And that's, we make them all ourselves. We make them all in Gloucester. We design them ourselves. Um, so that, and then from that, the rest of the collection builds out. Yes. You know, so yeah, some of the tailoring we now is in Italy. Um, uh, but most of the other, you know, the, the knitwear is from yeah. Scotland, from Wales. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we try and we believe that there is the best quality in the British Isles. Well, can we? we unfortunately, we've got a very yeah. sort of whistle-stop tour of yeah, German no, Street. No I wonder if we, we could do. go How down and see. There's a little site, isn't there, of a certain suit worn by a certain, a certain uh, politician, a certain statesman. I'll, I'll Thank you. I'll, I'll let you go, Will. Now, I'm trying to remember where the siren suit is. Oh, there it is. Yeah. So for those who, who've never been to Temple Asset, it has a distinct whiff of yeah. Kingsman. If it does not. have a Kingsman yes. whiff, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. And here, look, here's a, a cabinet uh, with Sir Winston Churchill's siren suit written above it and a, a beautiful brass plaque of the great man and a photograph of him wearing yeah. what we see displayed with a cigar tucked into its breast pocket, which is a green velvet onesie, basically. It is a, it's a posh onesie. A boiler it, really? suit stroke onesie. Yeah. And they're known as a siren suit, and Ch Churchill wore them, and he didn't just wear them during air raids. Uh, he wore them down in the bunker, which is understandable, but he wore them as well um, at some of his most important meetings with, you know, uh, Roosevelt and Stalin. <laughs> he would be there in his romper suit. Quite extraordinary. Uh, uh, I mean, he always said, and there was the truth of it, when, you know, when, when a baby was presented to him, he would growl at the baby, hello, baby, I'm told we look alike. <laughs> everyone said Churchill looked like a baby. <laughs> and he sort of did, didn't he? Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a pretty marvellous, marvellous thing to see. Well, well, well. What so, a shop. It's absolutely fantastic. And as you say, this is where spies come to be outfitted. Yes. By Colin Firth. I can, I can uh, just pretend that uh, one day my I'll get my calling card to come to Temple and Asa and assume my new life as a spy. It's fantastic. But, you know, I think um, uh, the, 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 the great thing about this kind of place is that it makes things that are to last. It's the exact opposite of fast fashion, which yeah. isn't something we now know. Is, is terribly bad for the environment. Um, because, yes, they're expensive, but my goodness, the quality is astonishing. Yeah. And so you would keep the same pair of corduroy trousers or the same pullover or shirt for, for all of your life. I mean, I've, it's, it's all down to whether or not I keep my weight stable, <laughs> but I have uh, things from this shop which I bought 35, 40 years ago. Yeah. And they're still perfect. Yes. So, so it's a... 
You know, it's a great thing. A short hop across the road to Hilditch and Key saw the conversation turn briefly to hats and to the idea of family loyalty. Well, you've got to have a choice, I think. The important thing is you've got to have a choice. So there's locks down the, the yeah. bottom of St. James's Street, which is a great hatter. But, and there was Bates. So you could you'd see an old you know, gentleman, some ancient duke toddling along, and say, well, should we have lunch at Wilton's? You'll say to the other duke. And he'll say, I'm just going to go get a hat first. I said, oh, you, come along, I'll get to Bates. He said, no, no, I get mine from locks. Oh, we're a Bates family. Oh, well, fair enough. And, you know, it's that sort of strange thing. And, and I guess it's the same. With shirt makers, you know, you get families who are, we're always Hilditch and Key, we're always Temple and Asset, we're Halls and Curtis or yeah, whatever. I guess you're friendly with each other. You oh, can't, you can't afford not to be. because no, you can't do something, we'll point them yeah. And most importantly, you all want the street not to lose its character, Absolutely. not to become full of high street Italian names and American names and all that sort of thing. Because this is all good British made. British style, it has a tradition and it has a quality that would be terribly sad to lose, wouldn't it? Would you say there's a particular recognisable style to a Hilditch and Key shirt? The main differentiation of a Hilditch shirt is the fact that any checks and stripes are always matched. Right, so that's the interesting. Yoke, up the gauntlet, uh, the packet at the front, which is a slightly more expensive way of cutting shirts, obviously, because you have to cut yes. it accurately. So, so the bottom of the sleeve is called the gauntlet, and the, uh, above, yeah, the did you say the, the oak? <gasps> You're unwrapping this beautifully folded shirt, right. Okay, so that's the gauntlet. Ah, yes. That's the bit I use on ones that don't have a button to, yeah. to know which way the cufflink yeah. should go in. So then, like I That said, faces out, doesn't yeah, it? So, yeah, so the... On a, on a Hildit shirt, any pattern is always <gasps> perfectly always matched, absolutely perfect. Yeah. That's the sort of long added tab, yeah. um, and it's so called the gauntlet. Your placket is always straight with the reverse of the shirt, right? And then, oh, this is so good of you! <laughs> so, someone's going to fold then, it up again. It's again oh, on the good. shoulder, yes, that's good. It's all completely matched. That is beautiful. So that takes a little bit of extra planning and thought and exquisite and, and, and extra cost attention. compared to some of the more mass-produced yeah. shirts where yeah. you can just cut and cut and yeah. cut and it yeah. comes out how it comes out. Yes. With ours, you have to actually yeah. look at what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But then you you must feel an extra measure of pride about the things you sell because you know that they're not fast fashion and they're Absolutely. not cheap. It's nice, it's nice to sell nice things. There's always going to be the hardcore customers that will always visit German Street and you just hope that with people putting a little bit more thought into what they're yeah. buying nowadays for whatever reason sustainability yeah whatever once you do start doing a bit of digging on the internet primarily yeah. then come and visit you yes know, that's what we want yes to do. you do you know you find out yeah. that it's not just shopping can be more fun than clicking your mouse I mean that's yes. essential sometimes you need something in a hurry we yeah that. but at the end of the day you know, we'd rather have people physically in the definitely, shop. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And with its doors now open, we were able to get ourselves physically inside the shop New and Lingwood, home to those very special dressing gowns. Hello. Nice to see you. Always a pleasure to come here. I've often walked down here from Waterstones and I have... The thing that has caught my eye has actually been the socks because yeah. they are beautifully displayed behind Aren't they? I, the I mean, here. And I suppose that's the other thing, as you said, the, the tie can be this area where you can show some colour and I suppose the only other thing would be the socks. A flash from the ankle is yeah. always lovely, a little flash, a pop of colour as designers like to say. I mean, one of the glories of a great gentleman's outfit is that they have from, from years back this wonderful joinery, this carpentry, these particular drawers, you know, shallow drawers and open drawers. And, and in them, the jewel-like colours of, 
of a lot of socks. So, yeah, you can have a bit of fun at the ankles, there's no question. But um, otherwise, it's, yeah, it's the collar and tie where, yeah. you, where you make the, the biggest statement, isn't it, that everyone can see, because yeah. you can't always see people's socks. Right. But um, I knew Lingwood used to have written along the bottom, and it's probably now a bit embarrassed by it, uh, Cambridge, Eton, London. <laughs> so basically, not for the likes of you. <laughs> but uh, you're more open now about oh, things. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Branch yeah. out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think ties a little bit close to the heart, I think, uh, geometrically on the body. Um, but yeah, beautiful patterns. And colour's always been a big thing. Yeah. And being able to show a bit of, um, a bit of character is yeah. very important. I so agree. And obviously shirts are the the staple. And you have I've always thought New England would have the best collars in terms of angles. Yeah. Just, you know, nice they sit so well, don't they? Very very classic and but very sort of proportionate to sort of the body. You want to get something that sort of sits and goes straight into the end point. Uh, nothing too short. Yeah. Um yeah, very full. Very full. Yeah, lovely. But I think most people would say the most luscious, extraordinary things you make are the dressing gowns. Oh certainly. Aren't they incredible? And how many makers do you have? Um, makers, um, I, I'd sort of range probably about 50. 50, really? Wow. And they're all over the country? Um, and you... Yes, we use them in the country, but also downstairs, actually. We oh, you've got a, a, a workshop yeah. downstairs in the studio. Yeah, we started doing um, nice linen ones with sort of a fresh cut for summer because insulation's yes. getting pretty big at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and customers starting to come back oh, after the very, very, pandemic? Very, um, yeah, it's very impressive, uh, although it's sort of mainly a domestic market. They've been very good, very good. It's been very good to us. Um, and we also hope that it's better for our neighbours as well, because mm. it is about that community. Absolutely right. It's not as if you're enemies no. with all the other oh, no, no, all no. the other stores. It's important that we all thrive, otherwise the area loses its Yeah, passion. which would be a terrible shame. Right. Well, thank you. It's lovely thank talking to you. Absolutely, much. and good luck with it all. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. There's Dunhill, and that used to be, it's now full of, frankly, rather Italian-looking, urban-looking sort of designs and slimy kind of wallets and that sort of thing. Um, and it used to be packed with tobacco. Yeah. Because Dunhill made cigarettes and pipes and uh, imported tobacco and it had huge jars of pipe tobacco with wonderful names, or Cavendish and things like that. Mm. Um, and they also had snuff, bottles and bottles of snuff. And snuff comes in what they call a sort. So your brand of snuff is, what sort do you take? Um, oh, I take uh, Spanish bran is a type of snuff, for example. Or I take jockey club. You know, so they all have these names. Yeah. D different elements of perfume or, or not. Um, and, and there were a few. There was Astley's who made pipes down here as well. And Davidoff's done the end, of course. Yeah. And over the road in Burlington Arcade, there was Sullivan Powell, a fantastic tobacconist who made these um, cigarettes in dark red boxes with gold lettering called Private Stock. He said, oh, I'll, I'll take 200 Private Stock, please, and get them all wrapped up for you. I think if you, uh, if you read James Bond, you'll know that Bond used to go into the Burlington Arcade and get his Morelands with a plain gold ring made just for him. Uh -huh. So people would actually have their own cigarettes made. Wow. Extraordinary thought, isn't it? And we're just walking past now the St. James's Church on Piccadilly. Yes. Which is, uh, 
It gives the region that, its name, of course. Yes, and it's the home of many Waterstones events, in fact. It's often used uh, for us to have yes. author events. It's, it's a wonderful church. It's my local parish church, and uh, they have a marvellous team. I'm not a religious man, as some people may know, but that doesn't mean I have contempt for good people who work in any field, and I respect their, their beliefs, and they respect mine, and we get on very well. They're a marvellous bunch, and I do quite a few events for them when I can, because I think it's a glorious building. Christopher Wren was not, you know, knighted for no reason. He was a genius. And, and the outside is not absolutely staggering, it doesn't catch the eye, but when you're inside, it's a wonderful place to be. And, and they're very good because this side is German Street and the other side is Piccadilly. And of course, the other side of Piccadilly is Soho. And there are a lot of homeless and uh, the church is very good at doing what it can. It allows them to come in and sleep and looks after them sometimes. Yeah. It has to be careful. It can't, you know, it can't just become a huge hostel, but, yeah. but it, does, it does very good things. And, you know, churches are strange things. That they are huge buildings, often of amazing quality and beauty, yeah. in the middle of communities, and very often they're ignored by those communities. And even if you don't, as I say, believe in all the message and doctrines of the religion, um, you can believe in the idea of a place for people to go in crisis and when they're unhappy and when they just want to sit and think. And I, I would urge people to use their churches more for that reason, yeah. you know. Um, they're just good places to be. We're yeah. going to cross the road now. Yes, to, to Charles. final stop. And this is one of the great services you've done with this book is to tell me how to pronounce the yes, name Yes, the this. name, it looks like Terhuit. It looks Terhuit, but it's Charles Tirit. It's pronounced Tirit like spirit. We can check. There are what I call the ampersands, you know, the, the ands, Hawes and Curtis, yes, Hildy yeah, Trinke, yeah, yeah. uh, New and Lingwood, Term of the Nasser, and so on. But there are also, there's you, and you are very much a, 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 a more volume supplier. Yes. It's yeah, still definitely. got a kind of German Street style. Yes, and, and got, still keep that quality there. Still yeah. keeping the quality there while, while making the, the shirts yeah. on the scale. And I think I'm right in saying that most people call it Charles Terwitt, but it's actually Tirrit. Yes, Tirrit. Like Everyone spirit. Terwai, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think five years ago when I started, they taught me. The middle name. Yes, the middle names of the founder. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's, that's right. Who's, whose wife also founded the White Company, yes, I think. Yeah. So, so it's quite a, quite a family, uh, isn't it? Business is booming in that family. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> but, um, but yes, because I was saddened to see that T.R. Lewin is closing its physical yeah, stores, isn't they, it? Yeah, they have. They've closed them all now, yeah. Because they used to be one of the biggest. They were the yeah. place to go for all ties. They, they used to do all the club and college ties. Yeah. And now they're just online. They were competition before, weren't they? Yeah, because they were volume like yes, you, more yeah. than the other ones. Yeah, definitely. Do you do made for measure as well, or we've only? Just, we've started doing custom made. Custom made, so yeah. So that's kind of us probably dipping our, dipping our toes. So if, if people with long sleeves, you yeah, think, so got, damn. Yeah, you can do all them little, little bits and bobs. Unpick the sleeve can, to lengthen uh, it. Yeah. And you can design your own shirt now as well, so we do all that with the custom shirt and suit Very as well. Very nice. So we're kind of starting to Yeah. And you do make, you do sell ties, but not... We do, they're downstairs. They're downstairs, they're that's downstairs. right. So I hope you'll be carrying copies of Fry's ties. Do you? I was, that was <laughs> you get... It looks very clean, the cover, very nice, very nice.
colour. I like it. I like and it you, you get a good mention in it, you'll be pleased to know. I mean, not you personally. I mean, the, the store does. I think it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> it shows that even in a, a street like German Street, which everyone says, oh, yes, it's all gentlemen's outfitters and it's all. But there is a variation in the markets that you really kind of point yourself towards. Mm, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You get a mixed, mixed bag of people in German Street, don't you, actually? You do. A lot, a lot. It's not, you can't, there's not. You know, I've worked in loads of other stores in London and, and even I live in Buckinghamshire, I've had Bracknell and Marlowe. You yeah. get specific clientele, but in German Street, it's, it's, you can't pinpoint it. Well, that's you good. You never can, which no. is a nice... No. Keeps it, keeps it fresh and keeps it, keeps it alive. And you, yeah. Yeah, and you sort of like, you get the generations. Mm. You've got a grandfather who's yeah. father in, who's then the father's yeah. bringing the son in. We particularly saw it over the summer, it's sort of like um, six forms. Yes. They no longer wear blazers, they no, wear suits. Of course, that's right. So you've got like the father coming in, bringing the son in for his first proper suit. Hoping that he's stopped growing because you don't have to buy another <laughs> one always, next always year. Always. Yes. Yeah. So. I remember my mother telling me not to grow. <laughs> she bid me good night. Don't night, breathe, night, don't eat, don't night, night, darling, don't grow. <laughs> it didn't work, unfortunately, as you can see, and I'm still growing. Only outwards now. But it's lovely to see this. This is great. So thank you so much for hosting us. Yeah. Well, I suppose to finish off, Stephen, because we've mm. seen, we've been to the shops, we've been to the yes. suppliers. Um, but I suppose what's interesting about your book is is the personal connection yes. of your own collection. And you Absolutely. you said that you found that when you sort of saw these ties again, you immediately can remember these very clear It was things. as powerful as if I'd found a box of old photographs. Uh, it really did bring back memories in exactly that way. So I would see, um, I don't know, a Nicole Miller tie. She was a, or is a designer, uh, who doesn't do ties anymore. But in the 80s, she came up with really innovative, bold and exciting ties. And I, for example, had one with Dalmatians on it. And as soon as I pulled it from the drawer, I was back in... Madison Avenue on my first visit to New York, which is incredibly exciting for me. So it's that sort of thing comes. Um, and other ones are stages of one's life at school, university, holiday jobs even, because yeah. you can have ties that, for example, I worked in a department store in Norwich where all the assistants in the grander departments like furniture had to wear a tie and had to wear the company tie, which was bees busy bees yeah so there's all those sorts of moments and ties can do that for you look at this cordings now they're just this is temporary because they live on piccadilly on the corner of air street yeah and they're a wonderful place but they do i'm afraid commit the red trouser crime quite severely right in the window there here to the red yeah, yeah the red trousers german street has stayed the same in, in all my life it, it, the only thing has been the disappearance of the tobacco shops, and that's yeah. obviously not a bad thing. But otherwise, it hasn't been taken over by Dolce & Gabbana and, uh, you know, H&M or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I just hope that it can stay the way it is. Just a little old reminder of how things used to be and that there are enough people who kind of will, can afford and take the time to... to think about their clothes rather than just getting the cheapest quickest things online which is so bad for the environment as we now know yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of you read statistics about fast fashion and it seems to be more responsible for the, the problems 
contributing to climate change than yeah. uh, the aviation and yeah. travel industries combined. Yeah. So, so anything one can do to say, I'm going to buy this and it, it will be permanent. I will never throw it away and it's, you know, it's going to last me. But it's, it's an investment, isn't it? So I, yeah. I'm not a great tie wearer. No. I do have ties at home, which I think I last wore when I, pretty much when I got married. Yes. Um, but <laughs> when I turned 40, I suddenly realised I didn't really have a decent pair of shoes. Oh yes, and do I, need I that. decided it was time for me to invest in some proper shoes. And these are, you know, we have a, a huge culture in this country of, of making proper shoes. Yes. And so there were lots of places that you could choose to get them from. Yes. And I, I have those shoes, of course, still today, and will continue and to they will, for the yep. rest of my life because you just get them resold if you need to, and just, you just sort of invest in some quality. And we're now, of course, in your home, Waterstones. Yeah. And I remember very, very vividly when Waterstones was Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. And as I'm sure most people who work here know, Simpsons was the model for Grace Brothers. The uh, store in Are You Being Served, yeah. the rambunctious 1970s sitcom with Mrs. Slocum and Mr. Humphreys and all this. In I'm free and all of that. It's very much a whiff of the 70s for me when I come in here and imagine that. Um, but they also had a connection with Dax, which yeah. is a great tailor's, um, Simpsons and Dax. There's still a Dax around the corner, actually. But yeah. So, so this is hallowed ground, too, for those yeah. who are interested in the history of clothes in London. And it still has many of those original features from when it was Simpsons. Well, most famously, the, 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 the street windows, which yeah. are bowed in, um, that are, means you can look at all the stock with no reflection. It's, it's beautiful design, isn't Perfect it? Perfect for our book displays now. Exactly. Course, as I say, it used to be great for clothing. Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. Um, as ever, a, a pleasure to chat to you about Complete one of your passions. Delight. Um, and lovely to sort of as you say to sort of walk along a street which remains changed of course by mm. the passing of time but with this great history yeah. and something that sort of makes it completely unique so uh, thank you so much a real real pleasure thanks will fry's ties is out now and available in waterstones some gentlemen's outfitters and with limited signed copies available on waterstones.com huge thanks to him and to all those along german street who opened their doors to us